Well, good morning, everybody. Praise God. I'm so glad you're here. If this is your first time here, I'm Pastor Ed Spagnoli, and this is Gospel Saving Church. This is one of the God's true churches of these last days, and this is our weekly broadcast from God's Word. I hope you didn't come to church today to be entertained. Church is not real church. Real church, the gathering of the saints together, or the gathering of those that are seeking the Lord, is supposed to be for fellowship. It's supposed to be to get to know the Lord supposed to be to learn more about the Lord, and it's supposed to be about learning how to follow the Lord better, and how to follow the Lord stronger, and how to become a better Christian. Not about entertainment. Anyway, that's why I hope you're here. Uh, I hope that's why you go to your real church, the, your, your local church that you go to. Anyway, praise God. Anyway, we always start with a word of prayer. Because we have to ask God to help us understand His Word. Because that's what the Word says. We can't understand the things of God unless it be by the Spirit of God. So if you guys want to join me in a word of prayer, please, let's bless our message that we're about to have today. And let's bless our time and ask God to help us. Lord God, thank you so much for bringing us here. Thank you so much, Lord God, for all that you do in my life. Thank you so much for all that you do in the lives of your children all over the world, God. Thank you, Lord, as your word says, Jesus said, seek and you shall find. Thank you, Lord God, that the seekers find. Lord, you didn't have to make it that way, but Lord, you're a loving God. You're an amazing God. You're a compassionate God. You're a merciful God. And we know, Lord God, that if we seek you, anyone, Lord, whether we be yours already or whether we be those that are uh, thinking about you, Lord, or even the, the one out there that's the farthest away that they could possibly be from you, Lord. If, if we just start seeking, Lord, we'll find. So anyway, thank you, Lord God, that you give us these precious promises. And thank you, Lord God, that you give us this new day and you've given all of us that are alive uh, uh, today a new breath, a breath in our lungs to breathe and, and to love you or to come to know you or to get to know you more. Thank you, Lord God. We do pray, Lord God, for all of the many awesome words that we're going to hear today, Lord God, in our sermon. We ask, Lord God, that you help us understand the things that you're going to speak to us today. We ask, Lord God, that you would help us to practice and put to action the things that we hear today, Lord God. May we not be the hearer that does not do, Lord. May we be hearers and doers of your word. We thank you and we love you and we praise you. And we ask all these things in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you got your Bibles today, I hope you got your Bibles today. Real Church, you're supposed to have your Bible and you can open it up. We're going to have a special sermon today. The passages that we're going to be in today are Matthew 6, 5 through 15. The title of the sermon is just simply prayer. It was was a sermon that... um, a good brother of mine taught. Uh, it's a special sermon for you today. I'm not actually going to be teaching the, the, the sermon today. God has been laying a sermon about prayer on my heart lately. This has been something that over the past like month, I've been getting this, this desire to teach a, a, a sermon on prayer. And this goes against, of course, what I normally do, because I normally teach verse by verse. And right now we're in the book of Acts, and we're, we're kind of on the last downward slide of the book of Acts. But now today uh, we're, we're kind of changing gears a little bit. Again, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. 
Um, wouldn't you know, as God's been laying a sermon on my heart about prayer, as I was seeking God on the issue of prayer a, a couple weeks back during this time when God's birthed in a sermon of prayer in my heart, supernaturally he led me to an unexpected sermon by one of my oldest and dearest Christian friends and mentors, a man by the name, a pastor actually, by the name of Darren Schuttebauer. Darren is the pastor of a small church called Home Fellowship Church in Bradenton, Florida. And as I said, he is a very special man to me in my life. Years back, going back now about 15 to 16 years, when I was just a couple few years old or a babe in Christ, Darren took me under his learned Christian wing and encouraged me and discipled me in my new faith. He gave me such a great head start on my Christian walk, even taking me to a pastor's conference where generally only pastors or pastors in training or those that were helping the pastors would go. And at the time, I wasn't a pastor. I had no desire to ever be a pastor. And of course, he even paid for my trip, and I was blown away. I was just a young babe in the Lord, and I didn't know. I didn't see at the time. I, I see where God was leading me then, but of course, I didn't know it. I see it today. But anyway... Darren is still a very special uh, fella in my life. God uses him to send me messages at the right time to encourage me in areas I'm struggling in, and he doesn't even know that. Uh, but praise God, he, he's an awesome man of God. Anyway, God led me to an unexpected sermon that Darren did some time ago about prayer, and he and his congregation in Florida did an amazing job with it. They teach a little differently than I do here. We're about to listen to his sermon. It's it's his original message some time back, but with his permission, I've edited some things out that didn't pertain to us today because they were announcements for like his church and things that were going on in his church at that time. And of course, that doesn't matter for us here today. The message that, of prayer that he taught about and his congregation talked about, that's why we're here today. That's what we want to focus on. And that's what I'm going to play for you here in a little bit. So uh, I want you to grab a notepad and I want you to take notes. There's some amazing stuff in this message. And we're going to listen to Darren's messages, un again, unedited in the prayer content. Uh, anyway, uh, by his permission, I play this sermon for you. And I hope you are edified by it like I was. Uh, the name of the church, again, is the Home Fellowship Church. And it's in Bradenton, Florida, no relation to Fellowship Church here in the Dallas, Texas area. If you're in this, if you're in the Dallas, Texas area, and the address of this church is 6502 44th Avenue East, Bradenton, Florida, 34203. And their service times is 10. Or their service time, I should say, is 10:30 Sunday mornings. And if you're down that way or you live in that area, since I know my broadcast reaches all over the whole world, I would highly recommend visiting it and even making it your home church. So anyway, without further ado, here is Darren Shutterbauer's message from Home Fellowship Church that was an answer to a prayer request of mine and one that's changed my life again in Christ. I will see you guys at the end. I'll close this out in prayer. And um, praise God. Here we go. Good morning, everybody. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you, Lassie. Okay, so I thought we'd do something kind of crazy this morning and study the Bible. Isn't that crazy? Getting off track. Oh, my poor eyes. Okay. Well, um, just to kind of tell you, God does have a message for you today, and so I love when he does stuff like this. So I'm kind of wondering what book we're going to get into next, and, uh, and so I've been praying about it and not really sure 
and I was kind of feeling like the Lord was prompting in a certain area, um, you know, one of three books, and uh, uh, one was uh, Hebrews, one was James, and one was the book of Daniel, and, uh, and so I thought, oh, Lord, okay, James, I, I, that'd be great, you know, I could do that, Hebrews would be tough, and Daniel would be tough, and and so, of course, I should probably never say that to the Lord. He's like, oh, good, that's tough. Can we stretch you? Great, we'll do. So I felt like he was leading us to get into the book of Daniel, which is amazing, an amazing prophetic book. And so, um, so but I also felt like he wanted me to do a teaching on prayer, specifically on Matthew 6. And I thought, oh, that's so weird. And I, we had done one time a teaching with Gary. Him and I just sat up here on the couch. Uh, and, uh, and we just did it. And so somebody was asking about a prayer, about a teaching on prayer. And I went to look on that one online. And I guess it was before we started recording stuff because I couldn't find it online anywhere to send to him. And so I thought, okay, well, Lord, that's funny, but, but I've already decided that you want us to do Daniel. And he's like, yeah, I do. But I kind of felt that little nudge. And I said, where should I start listening to? So I said, I'll, I'll listen to my old Bible college because Daniel is such a heavy book, you know, so intense. I'll go back to my Bible college teacher. You know, I've got thousands and thousands of teachers and thousands of uh, sermons. And I said, I'll just click on my Daniel chapter one and I'll just start reviewing it now. And so I click on Daniel chapter one. And I kind of had this little thing, going, ah, you know, you're supposed to prayer. And, uh, and so I click on Daniel chapter one and this is no kidding. I'll start listening to Daniel chapter. It's already logged in there. I hit play. And my old Bible college teacher says, now, today we're going to talk about prayer. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's weird. I'm like, Lord, maybe you're just trying to remind me that I need to talk about prayer. And, but I don't know when because we've got to do Daniel now. I'm, I know. And he's like, we're in Matthew chapter 6. I said, what? And it's the exact verses that I felt like the Lord was also wanting me to teach on. For today, and the whole teaching, even though it was labeled Daniel chapter 1, was actually Matthew chapter 6's teaching on prayer. So I said, okay, Lord, I got it. So maybe we'll do the Matthew chapter 6 teaching on prayer first today, and then we'll get into the book of Daniel. Does that sound good? Okay, good, good, good. Okay, so open your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 13. If I could get a reader... To grab um, the mic and read Matthew. Hey, Amy, can you grab the mic wherever that is? If you see it anywhere. Uh, Matthew, somebody could read Matthew chapter 6, verses, let's start off with maybe 5 to 8. If somebody could read that for us. Um, Jesus is um, doing his Sermon on the Mount. And uh, he's teaching his disciples some things. And he's talking in certain about giving to the needy and about prayer and about fasting. But we're just going to focus right now on prayer um, because it is so important uh, for today. You know, there's uh, prayer is almost like the thing that's kind of forgotten amongst Christians. And, uh, you know, there was a Corey Ten Boom said this. When, Christ, when a Christian shuns fellowship with other Christians, the devil smiles. When he stops studying the Bible, the devil laughs. When he stops praying, then the devil shouts for joy. 
And that's what, unfortunately, as Christians, we have a hard time doing. There was a guy by the name of Sir George uh, Adam Smith. He was a Scottish preacher and a scholar. And he tells how he and an expert guide were climbing the, the Swiss Alps. And it was very stormy and it was very windy. And, and they were making their climb on the sheltered side of the peak. And when they reached the summit, they, they were just filled with exhilaration, or at least he was. And, and, and George forgot about the fierce winds. He was so excited that he finally made it to the top. He leaped up and was nearly blown over the edge to the glacier below. The guide grabbed a hold of him and pulled him down and said something that kind of has a spiritual significance um, to us. He said, on your knees, sir. You're only safe here on your knees. And that's the same thing with us in our Christian walk. You know, I had my, my teenage son telling me that as he's been, been growing up, he's like, you know, Dad, even it just doesn't seem like 10 years ago it wasn't this bad. He's like, it wasn't this anti-Christian. Now you're seeing things against God all the time and against God's ways and against God's character. You're seeing it continually. And I'm thinking, okay, you're a 16-year-old kid, and you're telling me that you can recognize clearly the difference, and he gave me a bunch of things. Guys, we're in a battlefield. We're in a battleground and not a playground. Do you know what I'm saying? We're to liken the church to be like a battleship, training for battle, not a cruise ship, where, oh, hey, what are they going to entertain me with today? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Now, the cruise ship's going to be popular, and it's relaxing. Who wouldn't like that? But let me tell you, when you get attacked finally, are you going to be on a, want to be on the cruise ship or on a battleship? God wants to train our hands for war, and we're in a spiritual battle. That's what the Bible talks about. You know, uh, R.A. Torrey said something. He said, when the devil sees a man or woman who really believes in prayer... He trembles as much as he ever did. And F.B. Meyer said, the greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. And that's a question we have to think about today. You know, how many times are we talking with the Lord? Are we praying throughout the day? Do you know what I mean? You know, I, I asked certain members of my family and, you know, I said, how many times do you pray a day? About 25. No, no, some are short prayers, you know, 30-second prayer. You know, how, how many times do you pray a day? I pray about five times a day, probably, you know. How many times do you pray a day, you know? And, and different people had different perspectives, but God wants us to be praying continually. And so as we get in this section, we read this section on prayer, let's let the Lord and let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us. So, Father, we do just thank you for your Holy Spirit who gives us wisdom and understanding, Lord God. In a time where we need you more than ever, help us, Lord, not to sit back, but stir us up to love and good deeds. And, Lord, will you help teach us how to pray? And so bring to mind, whether for me or for someone else, Lord, that you would teach us accurately and teach us truthfully on prayer today through this text, through your Holy Spirit. We're asking you to please do a work in us and through us, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay, Chris, if you can hit the lights for just a second. Uh, I don't know who has the mic, but if somebody could read 
Uh, Matthew chapter 6, we'll start off verse 5 through 8. Who has the mic? Oh, okay, good, thanks. Yes, ma'am. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8, we'll start with that. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. All right. So the first thing that I notice as we're looking through this passage um, is that um, it says, it doesn't say, and if you guys decide to pray. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, remember he's talking to his disciples, right? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you a follower? Well, then this is for you. He doesn't say if you're going to pray, right? He says when you're going to pray. He's expecting that you'll be in constant communication with your heavenly father, right? He says when, look at that, verse 5, when you pray. Also verse 6, but when you pray. Also verse 7, when you pray. When you pray, when you pray, when you pray. God is expecting us to be constantly in communication with him, acknowledging our need before him. So it's not if we pray, it says when we pray. And then he says, and and the reason too is because it says in James that the prayers of a righteous man, James 5.16, the prayers of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. And that's the truth. And it says when you pray, I want you to be in prayer. I want you to be a praying person, a praying people. He goes, I don't want you to be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing on street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've already received the reward in full. Well, the first thing that, I, I, that kind of jumps out to me is the standing thing. Now, people make a big deal about, uh, you know, hey, we need to sit when we pray or we need to kneel when we pray. And, and there's, God is more con concerned, I would say, with the position of your heart than with your body. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Now, there are some times when I'm going to be on my face before the Lord, and that's a reflection of how I feel in my heart. There's some times where I'm going to be sitting. There's some times I'm going to be kneeling. There's some times when I'm standing with my hands raised to the Lord. That's a reflection of my heart. But some people in some churches, they make it all about... Well, you have to stand for this. You have to kneel for that. You have to sit for this. You have to. And it's more about the external, right? God's not really as much concerned about the external. He's concerned about your attitude of your heart, right? Okay. So look, even in Mark eleven twenty five, 25, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. But I'm not going to go through. I thought about putting slides for all these, but I don't need to do this. Look, there's different ways to pray. Okay, and I just, I'm just going to read it through so it'll be on the tape too. You can look at it in your own time, okay? It, uh, sometimes the Bible shows that people are sitting in prayer. You can read about that in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 16 to 20, 
7. Sometimes you'll notice they'll be standing in prayer. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 5, Mark 11.25, and Luke 18.13. Sometimes they're walking in prayer. You can read that in 2 Kings 4.35. That was with Elijah. He was walking back and forth praying over that boy. Sometimes it's bowing. You can read that in Exodus 34.8 or Nehemiah 8.6 or Psalm 72.11. Sometimes it's with your hands up. You know, people are, well, Pastor Darren, we come from a very conservative environment. I don't want to raise my hands to the Lord. Well, the Bible says that other godly people have raised their hands to the Lord. That's okay. You don't have to do that. But if you want to do that in surrender to him or praise to him, wow, thank you, Lord. You go ahead and feel free and do it. Because 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 12 to 13 says to do it. And actually, it says that he started out with praying with his hands up to the Lord. And then he ended up down on his knees. Okay, so, well, it says you can stand with your hands up, not knee. Okay, everybody's trying to find like a loophole for something that makes them, you're really spiritual, you'll do it this way. No, we see in scripture... Again, people doing it all sorts of ways. Psalm 63, 4, 1 Timothy 2, 8. You see kneeling uh, in 1 Kings 8, 54, Ezra 9, 5, Luke 22, 41, and Acts 9, 40. And you even see people laying flat out on their face, right? Joshua 7, 6. Ezra 10.1, Matthew 26.39, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, it says he fell flat on his face and prayed to the Lord. And Mark 14.35, so don't be so much worried about the position of your body as the position of your heart. Okay, does that make sense, everybody? And don't let anybody guilt you into saying this is the only way to do things if you're really spiritual. I remember I went to a, a Promise Keepers, and I love Promise Keepers. I wish that was still around. I loved many things about it. But I remember this one guy that was teaching. He was a wonderful man of God, loved the Lord. And I remember him telling me, don't tell me that it doesn't matter what position you pray in, because it does. If you're really spiritual, you'll be on your knees. And he got on his knees, and it was very dramatic. It was, you know, and I was like a new Christian. I'm like, okay, so now I'm only supposed to pray. Okay, sorry, Lord, I was praying you, just talking to you, and I was so close to you. But if you just want me like this, okay, now, is that better, God? Now, do you think God's saying, oh, wait, oh, now everything's good. Before, I wasn't really listening, but now doesn't that sound silly? Now, his heart was in the right place during his teaching, right? He was trying to say we need to bow before him. We need to reverently respect him, right? But it's really more of an attitude of your heart. Does that make sense, everybody? That's the heart of things, okay? Now, if you want to do any of these things here, feel free. I remember even going prostrate. One of my sons said, what's prostate? No, honey, prostrate. When you lay yourself out like this, um, I remember um, my wife saying this many years ago that um, before she got married that um, she had prayed for a man who would just lay himself out prostrate before the Lord and pray. And that um, that was one of the things that she saw that I had did. I, I don't do it all the time. I just did it at that time. That's what I felt like the Lord just wanted to get before him. And that's one thing that drew her uh, to me. And so, so but it's, it's more like an attitude of the heart. So don't be so concerned about the body and 
Then he goes on, he says, I don't want you to be like the hypocrites. Now, yeah, go ahead, Jim. Yeah. Please, let me grab you a mic, because I like when you talk, and I want to hear. Like, just however you let. Yes. No, nobody should be watching or yeah. taking a video, and you're not going to put it on YouTube right. of yourself praying. It's like a secret thing. This is exactly what you're getting yes. into now. I think I jumped the gun. That's okay. You're right on the money, though. It's yes, a perfect uh, intro. Thank you, Jim. And we'll leave that mark right there in case you want again. Okay, so yes. So now what a hypocrite is, the Greek word uh, hypocritus, it just means in the Greek an actor. That was an actor in a film. Most of you guys already know that, but there's always some people that are new that are coming in that don't know. And they didn't have movies, and so that's what an actor was. It was a hypocrite. And they would come out, and if they were happy, they'd wear the happy mask. If they were sad, they'd wear the sad mask. If they were angry, they're... and he's saying, I don't want you to be fake and phony. I don't want you to do it to be an actor. And the Bible says, I don't want you to pray to be seen by other people. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, the whole goal, um, I've watched some people, and it's kind of like they're doing it for a show. I hate to say that. I've watched it on TV. I've watched it in churches. And I have to be careful not to be judgy of them because maybe that's just how they pray. You know what I'm saying? And But... You know, when I see people, I don't, I'm not even, the Lord's telling me don't even do it. I was going to give you some theatrical things. But if you're just praying in front of people or for people just in front of them and not at home or not in your private spaces in your heart as you're driving or as you're working, something's wrong. Don't, be, don't, don't pray to be seen by other people. The Bible says they already have their award. Everybody's like, oh, look, they're so spiritual. Look at them, how they pray for people. Oh, they say, hallelujah, praise God. Like that, like, God, oh, that makes them really spiritual or something. Do you know what I mean? God just said, don't, I don't, don't put on a show. You can do that very easily, right? God doesn't want that. He wants a sincere heart. He just wants you to talk to him, Right? Don't put on a fake, phony show. They've received their rewards. Oh, look how spiritual they are. Oh, what a blessing. What a great prayer she is. When she comes to the prayer meeting. Oh, when Scott comes to the prayer meeting. Ooh. I've had people that I prayed with, uh, and, and, and they're like, well, I, I, don't, I can't really pray. You know, I can't pray like you. I almost like, I'm like, I'm a knucklehead. I'm just praying whatever the Lord is putting on my heart. God loves the sincerity of heart. Okay, there's this guy. Jen's not here today, but there's this guy that I introduced her to do. She's, he's up in Chicago. He used to live here. Um, his name's Rick. And uh, I nicknamed him Prayer Dog. Now, I, I was young. Okay, so anyway, but that's just stuck with him for year, years. And he's kind of one of these, you know, guys like this. It's just how he talks, you know. He's, he's just, but, you know, he doesn't have the fancy words. But when we would get together and pray, Oh, my goodness. It was so beautiful. It was so sincere. He didn't have fancy words at all. I thought I didn't have fancy words. He really didn't have fancy. And it came from his heart. And it was so powerful and was so effective. That's what God wants. You don't have to have big words. Who cares about that? Just speak, right? Don't worry about what other people are thinking. You talk to God. You call and talk to him. Now, I saw a hand go up. 
Um, so can we give you the mic and then um, whatever you want to say, please feel free. Yikes. It occurs to me, I mean, uh, if somebody is talking to me, but they're really doing it so that you see that they're talking to me, yeah. I feel used. Yes. And, that, and the last thing I want to do is be talking to God so somebody else can see it and be using God. Right. Yes. Good. You know, the Bible says that they've already received the reward. You know, Matthew 6, 1 tells us this. He says, Christians, be careful. That's a strong word. Jesus is saying, I want you to be careful. That means we can all trip up in this area, right? He says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your heavenly father. My translation says you will have no reward from your father in heaven. So don't be doing what you do, whether it's prayer. Work for God's cause, not for man's applause. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So work for God's cause, not for man's applause in your prayers. Now then, somebody might ask, um, okay, because it goes on to say in, in the scripture here in uh, Matthew, it says, but when you pray, again, the when, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, so then that begs a question. Okay, so then am I only supposed to pray? Am I only supposed to pray in private? Uh, can I pray in public? Do I just pray alone? Do I pray in groups? Can I pray publicly? And here are some of the answers. Can I pray alone? Absolutely. You know, whether that be some people go alone and they get in their prayer closet. They've actually have a little area that they've made up for prayer. And if you do that, that's wonderful. I haven't matured enough to do that. I would go bananas in a little box. I, I, my little ADC self, I'd be like, ah. Oh. However, I'm praying alone and I'm only saying this not, oh gosh, how do I even say this? Okay, don't say it. Um, so praying alone there, but you can pray alone in your car as you're driving. As you're coming to church, you could say, Lord, will you help me to bless someone and to encourage, will you show me somebody to pray for? Can you just show me to do that? Lord, will you help? I'm about to talk to, to Ma. I'm about to talk to, to Ronnie. I'm about to talk to Dylan. Would you help me to say your words? Is there something you want me to talk about? I mean, I, I'm in constant, you know, we need to be in constant communication with our Lord. So you can pray alone all the time in your heart, even in a conversation. You can also pray in groups. In Acts chapter 12, verse 5 and 12, it says when James uh, and John were uh, in prison, it says the whole church got together to pray. In fact, when God answered the prayer, uh, maybe it was Peter and John, actually. I think about it. Um, when Peter came to the door, God opened the doors of the prison and, and led him right to the, to the house where they were all praying. Then knocked on the door, and there was a girl named Rhoda. She opened it. She saw him, and she shut the door. She's like, oh, Peter's at the door. She's like, oh, you foolish girls. Wait, we're all praying here for Peter's release. He's not at the door. We're praying here. And then, of course, you know the story. They went back, and of course, it was Peter, and they all rejoiced. So can I pray in groups? Absolutely, you can do that too. 
Can you pray publicly? Yes, we see that in Matthew chapter 15, 36, where Jesus is praying to his heavenly father, you know, and asking um, for the, with the loaves and fishes and to bless the people and to thank the Lord. You also see it in John chapter 7 when he's praying with his disciples. So all these things are true. It's just that he wants our heart to be on the right place. We're not praying publicly or in groups to be a show-off. So you can go in your group and say, oh, I'm sorry, honey. That you can go in your group and say, oh, look at that prayer. When, when George comes to the prayer meeting, it really takes off like a rocket. He just wants us to pray. Elijah, I saw your hand up. Did you? Okay. Oh, sorry about that. Okay, so can I repeat my prayers to God? That would, okay. Uh, and the answer, yes or no, and the answer is... Yes and no. <laughs> um, those, the next verses, it goes on to say, he says in, in Matthew, he says um, in verse 7, And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And that word, don't keep babbling, I'm trying to remember what it is in Greek, battle is something. But basically it means idle words. It means empty words. It means exaggerated words. So it doesn't mean that you could never repeat a prayer or you shouldn't be persistent in prayer. Um, uh, it, it just means that don't, when you pray, don't be thinking of, you know, how do I say this? If you want to pray, our gracious, heavenly, amazing Father. If that's sincerely on your heart, then say it. But you don't need to have our gracious, heavenly, superior, foundational Father, which art in heaven. You don't have to make up words. Do you know what I'm trying to say? To make it more spiritual. So can you repeat your prayers to God? Yes. Um, in Matthew chapter 26, uh, you see Jesus doing that. He prayed multiple times, take this cup from me. He repeated that prayer. And Elijah in 1 Kings, we just went through that on Thursday nights, chapter 18. He, Elijah was prayed seven times for the rain to come back. Okay, you see it in Paul in, in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9. You see him, he prayed three times that uh, his eyes would be made well and that affliction would leave him. Luke chapter 8, verse 1, Jesus tells a parable of how we should be persistent in prayer and not give up. But again, all those things are just don't give meaningless words. Have you ever done this? Okay. Um, I used to, at the church I grew up in, uh, okay, I, I, the particular denomination, okay, I, was, I sinned. And so uh, they would want me to say, you know, 10 our fathers and, you know, four other prayers. So the goal was get that done as quick as possible. Our Father, right in heaven, hallowed be the name of the King of they will be done under us. Give us their daily bread and forgive us trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into doomination, deliver us from evil. Men. Hey, one. Okay, good. Our Father, right that's it holds no meaning. Do you know what I'm saying? He wants your heart and your words to be meaningful to him. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and their words aren't meaningful? They're not. They don't really want to be with you. They don't really care about you. I'm sorry, I'm looking at you. I might say, oh, somebody cares. But, yeah. But, do you know what I'm saying? They don't really care. They could care less. That's kind of like a, when you're Catholic, you say the rosary, you know. 
Hmm? You go through the rosary, just beads and just a word. Right. I mean, you could take your time and really yes, say all that. Yes, absolutely. But most people just kind of fall into that pattern. Religious pattern to get it done. Absolutely. And that's what he wants us to avoid, is that kind of meaningless religious pattern. So, okay, and then it goes on to say, in that last verse, he says, in verse 8, he says, I don't want you to be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Okay, so that begs the question, why do we even pray? Why do we pray? Rumsey says that. Rumsey doesn't know why either. Wait, wait. Oh, 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 now surely all spiritual. No. Um, uh, thanks. You're amazing. Think of the workout you're getting. Oh, yeah, come back surely. Okay, so why do we pray then? If he says, I don't, I, hey, I know what you need before you ask, then why bother? Because God wants a relationship with us. Ah, good. Is that the only reason? Okay, Chris? Grab the mic now because we want it unrecorded for the world to learn. We all like to go to, you know, theme park or something together for a family because mm-hmm. we all share that relationship together and we help go through an experience together. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of what God has in mind too for us is, is he wants something and we share that desire to bring forth his will that puts us in that kind of relationship. Hmm. Good. Okay, I didn't think about that. Okay, good. Why else? Okay, go ahead. Oh, somebody else in the... No, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, you take it and then hand it away. Okay, okay. Okay. I think this, the idea you hit on, you know, the the meaning, babbling is meaning, meaningless talk, vanity, which is babbling. And we have to be very careful. I remember one time, was Andrew Young, who was a, had been a Baptist pastor in Georgia, was asked, what is preaching? He said, preaching is eloquent nonsense mm. and I thought boy glad I don't go to his church amen and because but I have listened to some people really eloquent preachers yes. and I'm getting moved and then I'm thinking but what is he saying right this is I don't get any meaning out of this right. and I remember I was at a church and some friends of mine were singing I went to hear them sing and they sang this song because singing is praying yeah. many times and they sang a song Jesus is like the calm before the storm it was a beautiful song, country. It was up in, uh, in Tennessee where I was living. And I went to this, my brother, and I said, Mark, that was a beautiful song. Boy, a nice melody. It was moving. But I said, I didn't get the meaning. What does it mean? He looked at me like I'd hit him in the stomach. He said, I don't know. I have the faintest <laughs> idea. You know, it's like, you know, we need to really think about yes. what we're saying. And yeah. when we say, you know, sometimes when you're going through a bad time and someone tries to comfort you and they should just be quiet and be there to love you, they had these meaningless things they yes. say that make yep. you feel really depressed. Yes. I was in a hospital one time. I was, I'd been in a fire. My body was all <laughs> half burned. And I was in agony and going through this therapy and it was terrible. And this pastor came in to talk to me. And I thought, my God, just let me die. It was like that airplane movie where the guy the wanted to jump out of the plane. It was like, you know, leave me alone. Yes. But I thank God for it because when I was serving, I went to see somebody in the hospital. I tried to be a little more careful yes. what I say. But That's that great. We should have meaning. And, and yes. in our singing, sometimes we're careless. Yeah. And, uh, and I hear songs and I ask the singer, now, what was that? What was the meaning of that? Yes. It was interesting, the expression you get. It was a pretty song. Yeah. What but, did that mean? but it didn't, didn't. What did it mean? It, it, you know, I was even it, thinking about that that song that we sang. Uh, what was it? I was going to say it's a song about Jesus. No, duh. <laughs> okay, what was that song? I, I had it in my mind to say this, and I can't remember what the actual song. Yes. 
Yep. Oh. And the, forgot, the second one I forgot. Yeah. My brain. Yeah. And the last one is in the morning. Okay, it was the second one you forgot. Okay. So, but <laughs> it was. It was the second one you forgot. But the bottom line is, when we're singing these songs, you can do that same vein babbling. Okay. Uh, I remember this, Jesus helped me to obey. Jesus helped me to listen to you. Jesus helped me to listen. Oh, Jesus, draw me close. Closer, Lord, to you. Or are you really, is that from your heart? Are you saying to the Lord, Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord. I desire to worship and obey you. Is that the overflow of your heart? You know what I'm saying? Is that the overflow of my heart? It can, it's very easy. That's why he said to watch out for that. Chantel, why else do we pray? Why, why, if God knows what we have need of, why else? Um, he, want, he wants us to pray because he wants us to be closer to him and pray for others who are in dire need of prayer. Good, good. Anything else? Excellent. Yes. Okay, Gary. Amy, just think of you're, gonna, you're losing like a pound right now. I'm having a That'll teach me. Jesus knows what's on my mind, but it's important that I know what's on the Lord's mind, so I need to listen to him. Yes. Good. All good. Anybody else want to share? Yeah, go ahead. Good. Hold on, Carrie. We want to hear your voice. When I'm praying and I find that I'm babbling to the Lord, I pull myself up short and I apologize. Good. And then I take the time to talk to him. Yes. So it's okay to stop mid-prayer and get it right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, good, good, good stuff. These are some things that, and, and listen, I'm no, you know, hey, the good thing about this gym is you don't get a lot of eloquent, eloquent words. So this is just some things that I came up with. There's probably much more spiritual people. You perhaps could come up with more things. This is just what I came up with quickly. First, we pray because he invited us to do it and he modeled it for us. Jesus was always going off by him and he's praying and he was getting his instructions from the Lord and he also told us to do so. So we need to obey him. We also pray to deepen our trust in our relationship with him. And that's what prayer does. We pray to acknowledge our need and dependency on someone. You show me a person who doesn't pray a lot, and it's probably because they don't really understand their need for him a lot. Fortunately, I need him a lot. I am desperate for him all the time. I don't have all the answers. So I am constantly asking him for everything. Because I need to. But then my relationship grows. I see more opportunities for the Lord to answer me and to lead me. And I can become more sensitive to his Holy Spirit. Prayer changes me a lot of times. You know, I'm like, okay, Lord, you want me to pray for those who persecute me? That jerk. Okay, Lord, change that hard attitude and that jerk. Why are you calling him a jerk? Oh, yeah. Okay, Lord, I'm sorry, you're right. I'm, I'm being too angry. I've got some bitter root. All right, Lord, just bless them. Lord, I've, I've just blessed them, you know. He's changing me. Prayer changes me and aligns my will with his will, right? Everybody's like, oh, oh, God, this is what I want you to do. I want you to change him right now. I want you to change her. No, God wants to change you most of the time. If you'll just listen. We pray to learn to talk with and to hear from our heavenly dad. And we'll talk about that in a minute. You know, we can talk with them. I, 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 there's nothing I like more 
than being and talking with my sons. I know that sounds, you know, I, just to go out to breakfast for them and just chat with them and spend time with my, I love that. I love watching their soccer game. I love, you know, I just, I just love it. And, and our dad, Heavenly Father, loves when we spend time with him too. Yes, when you love your sons, you want to talk to them. Did you grab that mic? When you love people, you want to talk to them. If you never talk to your wife, it wouldn't be a very good sign. Yes. So if you don't want to talk to Jesus, it's like, you know, some mornings I can't wait to talk to him. I love Jesus. Yes. It does. That's a good. That's a good representation of your relationship. Yes. Yes, and whoever has a microphone, otherwise there's a big gap on the tape. If people, we have people who listen around. So, yes, Ronnie, did you also want to say something too? I wanted to just remark on, um, just yeah. a little bit ago, you were saying, you know, about praying for that jerk and this and that and the other. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a um, my son's baby's mama. I couldn't stand her. I never knew what hatred was mm-hmm. until this woman. Years I hated her. Really ugly feeling, by the way. Yeah. My sister said to me, you need to pray for her. And I'm going, what? What am I going to pray for her for? I can't stand her. I hope she dies. I mean, yeah, I thought, yeah, I yeah, thought. Right. But the more I prayed for her, the more I meant it. Yeah. And to this day, I have no hatred for this woman. Yes. And I still pray for her. Yes. So I just want to let you. Yes. God changes your heart in the yes. process. Isn't that true? Yeah. And so, you know, and here's also, every time I pray, I learn to cooperate with Jesus a little bit more. I align my will with his. Does that make sense? And so lastly, we pray because God does things in answer to prayer that he wouldn't have done if we didn't pray. What? James 4.2 says, hey, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So there are some times that we don't have things because we don't ask for it. Or we ask with the wrong motives, the Bible says. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will please you or give you pleasure. That's why we want to focus on what was going to give the Lord pleasure. Stanley, you want to have something to say? Yeah, would you rush that microphone back there? Speedy Gonzalez. Awesome. I love the input. It's good stuff, guys. Great. Keep it up. All right. Something was just telling me that, um, you know, I found a place where I pray. I'm going back a little bit. Um, is in my truck at work. Yes. And... Um, I find myself nowadays uh, just um, thanking him, praying, thank you, Jesus. As I'm just going down the road, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And my day seems to be a whole lot better. Yeah. You know? And uh, it really works for me. Right. So I'm usually, you know. Amen. And I don't ask him always, hey, man, can you give me this or can you give me that? I just thank you, Jesus. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. Amazing. You're awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I find myself... All these words are true. Yes. We don't have to be, uh, we don't have to pray for something. We can just praise Jesus and he'll, he'll bless you because he does already know what you want. Yeah. So, you know, we can pray anywhere at any time. Yes. He's, he has the eyes on us. So yeah, for me, that's one of the things that I do when I'm at work. You know, praise mama as I'm driving. Love it. You know, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Listen, you know, and, uh, oh, Chris, here. And then I'm going to get somebody way in the back so that you can run all the way back there as well. We might have to get another microphone. That's right. And go. And one. And two. 
There's a story of a man who used to get up every morning and pray, and he would get up and he would say the Our Father, and then he would go off about his world. Well, one day a lady that was living next door to him passed away, and she had a parrot. And in her will, she left this parrot to the man. So the man would get up every day, and he would pray his prayer in the morning. And then one day he got up, a couple months later, and as he knelt down, the parrot began to say his prayer. But I don't think God heard the parrot's prayer. Uh And I'm not so sure that he heard the man's prayer. Has to be from the heart. You can. There's somebody back there in the mic. This is what the Lord said: to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. It should just come natural, or even supernaturally natural. If if I love my Lord, I want to talk with Him, right? If He's just kind of an interrupted in my day, I'm trying to get stuff done. I'll call on you when I need you, God. Otherwise. Stay out of my life. You know, that's a little drastic, but do you know what I'm saying? You know, that's why in Scripture, in Psalm 116.2, it says, because he bends down to listen, our Heavenly Father wants to hear you. He wants to talk to you. That's so cool. I will pray as long as I have breath. I love that. I love that. First Thessalonians says, pray continually, 5.17 Colossians 4.2 says, I want you to devote yourself to prayer and be watchful and thankful. That is to be the attitudes of our hearts. Yes, did you have something? Go ahead. Well, as everybody knows, um, I work for a home health agency, and I deal with a lot of hospice patients. And I get people to ask me to pray for their parents that they are taken home because they're suffering. When they first started asking me that, I did not know how to pray for that. Mm-hmm. Except for saying, God, if it's their, their time, yeah. take them home. Give them peace. Yeah. And I have lost four patients already to hospice. Yeah. One I was very close to. And she kept telling me, don't pray for me, I'm not ready to go home. And then I found out why she wasn't ready to go home. She wasn't saved. Yeah. And I sat there and prayed with her one day to him to come into her life and her to get to know him. And she became a totally different person. She accepted him. Thank you, Lord. And then we lost her five days later. Well, you know what? Thank God that you were there and that you were available and that you allowed the Holy Spirit to just move you like that. Yeah, it's just hard sometimes. You know, you get attached to them. Then they ask you to pray for them to die. And, you know, and you're not ready to give them up. Yeah. But well, that's you have what, to ask them if it's your will, God. Yes, that's, you know. Yes. But regardless, Lord, I pray that you would speak to that person, that you would touch that person. Yeah, I think that's, that's good. I, I do want to say, you know, some people like make a big hoop de doo We're going to, we're going to talk about the prayer next. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Um. I feed the homeless every every day, and I have met a lot of drug addicts because I was one. Yes. And I ask God 
to turn my life around. Yes. And when I moved here in 2007, yes. I found a church that I really liked yes. was my niece husband's church. Okay. He's my nephew. And when I started feeding the homeless, I got with a lot of drug addicts. I you got to get, pray for we, them? Uh, got in a circle. We all talked. I told them, just pray. Have faith. Talk to the Lord. Yes. Even when you're walking, right. are you singing? Yes. yes. Are, are you by yourself? Yes. Even I, I have met people, homeless people with cancer, yes. Yes. like me. Yes. We all talk about cancer. That's the kind of people that I like to deal with yes. because they understand my situation and I understand their situation. Yes. That's the type of person that God want me to be. Yeah, agreed. And that's, the, that's, that's really a great thing because, listen, prayer is you simply talking to God. It's no flair. It's no technicalities. It's no special formula, right? It's just walking, talking, singing, praying, being real with God. That's what it's about. But it's also listening to God. You know, Andrew Murray said, prayer is not just a monologue, uh, but a dialogue. God's voice is even the most essential part. Listening to God's voice is a secret of the assurance that he'll listen to mine. And so prayer is just kind of talking to God. And as we go in these last few verses here, it's entitled the Lord's Prayer, but the Lord never prayed this prayer. Do you know what I'm saying? This is, actually should be called the disciples' prayer, because it's what he taught them. It's a model for us. It's a pattern. Not again, just to say, or if other word never. It's, it's a pattern to show us the heart in prayer. You know, in, uh, uh, in the same rendition in Luke 11.1, 1, you know, uh, as he goes into the same prayer, it says that it's, uh, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, that's interesting to me. So here they're walking with Jesus, and the disciples didn't say, they're watching miracles, Lord, will you teach me how to do miracles? They didn't ask him that. Lord, will you teach me how to disciple people? They didn't ask that. Lord, will you help me to evangelize people? Will you teach me to do that? He didn't ask that. He said, Lord, will you teach us how to pray? So they must have seen something in Jesus and in his life that desired them. I want to learn. I want to see what is, I, I want this. I want this for me. And so that's what Jesus is teaching them here. And in and, and these, like, these next few verses or whatever, that's what Jesus is teaching them. The first thing he says, um, thanks. The first thing he says in verse 9, he says, okay, you want me to teach you how to pray? This then is, is how you should pray. And he said, he said this. He starts off, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And the first thing I noticed, if you, if you, if you read this prayer, is it's all talking about, it's not talking about me, like like my father, me, 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 me. He's saying our father, give us today in verse 11 our daily bread. You know, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. He wants to remind us that, hey, it's not just you and me. You're in a body of believers. God wants to put you in a body of believers so you can grow and learn from one another. 
Not just so that you can be, to be honest, I like it just me and God sometimes. Because sometimes people can be knuckleheads. Isn't that true? So sometimes I'm kind of like, you know, God, if we could just have you and me and maybe a breakfast at Katie's, that'd be just great. We just leave it like that. And God's like, no, I want to introduce you to Shirley and she loves me. And I want to introduce you to Isabella and she's got a zeal for me. And, and, and I want her to show you some things and I want you to show her some things. And then there's Delina. She loves Jesus. She loves to pray. She's so excited about but there's stuff that you can pour into her. And there's stuff she can pour into you. And there's the same thing with Michael. You should see how he serves. You can learn a lot from that man. Do you see? And each one of us, he wants us in a body. Give us this day. And then he goes, our father, our, us. But he says, our father. Now, what gets me is people even today they want to make it this all this fancy thing and they come up with acronyms and they if you want to pray this certain way you got to call on the blood of you and you have to renounce these demons you have to do this certain angle pattern way and you know what jesus says here let me just clear all that out for you i just want you to say our father i just want you to say dad papa that's what Jesus said, clear all that fancy schmancy talk out. I just want you to talk to me. So, you know, he wants us to be in a relationship with him. And, and he wants us to be his kids. The word in, in Aramaic is Abba. It's a pedestrian term. Like it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of, it's just a common everyday term. It would be like saying Papa or Daddy. Now, in, in the Old Testament, they would never refer to God personally as our father, maybe corporately as the father of Israel or something, but never would they ever dare to personally call God their father because they knew him as holy and awesome and reverent and powerful, which he is. But God's saying, I want you to also know him as dad. Do you know what I mean? I want you to know him as dad. And, and that's why Jesus said in, in John 3, 3, that if he's going to be our spiritual dad, then we must be born again. We must be born of the spirit. So unless you're born again, you're not in his family. He loves you, but God wants you to be in his family. John 3, 3 said, Jesus answered to a guy named Nicodemus and said, most assuredly I say, unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. And, and John 1, 12 said, but yes, okay, a lot of people rejected Jesus and they do today. But he says, to all who received him, to those who believed in the name of Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. That's awesome. Yeah. Sure, if you grab, yes. Yes. That first part, I think we can't pass over that. Yeah, he says, hallowed is your name. Holy is your name. And uh, in... The Ten Commandments were not to take his name in vain. And in a day when people are confused, what, what is God's name? Is he Allah? You know, who is he? Yeah. Who is he? I think we need to acknowledge to whom we're praying. Yes. Uh, that he's Yahweh or Jehovah. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much confusion. Who is God? Yes. And now this generic, you know, well, God is a deity. You know, but holy is his name. Isaiah, in Isaiah, God said, Yahweh is my name. Mm -hmm. 
I will not give my glory to another. Mm-hmm. And Jesus begins this when we, the intimacy of our Father. Mm-hmm. Yes. But don't forget, he, he has a holy name, Yahweh. Yes. He needs to know you're calling on him. Yes. And Lord can be anything. Yes. Uh, but uh, he is Yahweh. Yes. His holy name. Don't yes. take it in vain. Yes. And acknowledge it. I think when we pray is important. Yeah, it's, it's very important. And you're right on it. And I'll get to that too. You know, and I love the good, good father song. And, and here's the thing too. Can I just say one thing? When we talk about this Abba, Daddy, and, and, and those of you who've had good dads, um, this is a special thing because you understand what that means. You trust your dad. You love your dad. Your dad is a protector, right? He's a provider. He's a lover. He's a, he's a care, cares about you. He wants to be with you. But can I also say, I've watched the enemy is trying to poison that dad relationship. And so many people have had their dads abuse them physically, knock them around, abandon them, lie to them, uh, absentee dads, dads that don't give a rip, sexually molest their kids. These things are unfortunately commonplace right now. So it's some, some of us, when I say he's a good, good dad, you almost have to read the word to find out what a good dad is really like. Don't let that impression, and it will. Your physical dad sometimes will get in the way of you thinking about what your heavenly father is like. He is slow to anger, abounding in love and mercy. That's what the scripture says, right? He's a good father. He wants to take care of you and love you, and yes, he'll discipline you, but even that's out of love. So don't let your earthly father distort what, who your heavenly father is. Calls him Abba Daddy. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. First John 3, 1 says how great the love of the Father is lavished on us that we should be called children of God. That's a protecting dad. That's a loving dad. Yes, you may. That'd be great. Um. You know, as I've grown kind of knowing the Lord and when I was first, you know, kind of a Christian, I'm like, how in the world, you know, is there such like a contrast to like almost it seems like the Old Testament and the New Testament. But, you know, because here we have Jesus saying, you know, it's it's our father. This is an intimate thing. Well, that's how it was in the beginning, too. It was this very intimate thing. He walked with Adam and Eve. He loved them. But because the sin was growing God is holy. He is separate. He's like, I can't really be walking around or doing all this stuff with you guys. And because you're inviting all this sin and it's almost like the new Testament's getting it back to hello, this is personal instead of, you know, you growing in sin and thinking, well, because we're growing in sin, we have to do these hundred things to become holy. It's all about loving me. And I think that's what we have to get back to. Also, if we were raised, I wasn't raised anything, but if you were raised, you know, do this, 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 no, it's all about my father loves me, and I just want to—I just want to love him back and be obedient. And it—it's down to that. So yes, that's good, and that's okay. But you know, I mean, Romans eight fifteen says, if you're born again, you didn't receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. And because you're his sons, God sent his spirit into your hearts, so that your hearts would cry out, Dad. That's, he's given you his Holy Spirit so you would cry out to him. That's what Galatians 4, 6 says. And he is still awe. <laughs> we still need to be in reverential respect for him. 
you know, hallowed be his name, right? You know, he's still our father who art in heaven. So we can't forget how awesome he is. Psalm 33, 79 says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be, he commanded and it stood firm. He does say, hallowed be thy name. And hallowed means just holy, set apart. You know, it, it isn't the same as um, uh, Allah, you know. I mean, it, uh, his name, uh, or Lahi, you know, he, he's, he's not Baal. He's not uh, Hindu god Vishnu. He, you know, hallowed is his, holy is his name. It's set apart. And, you know... Yeah. They, they translate it Lord yeah. so you don't even know his name when you read the Old Testament. Yes. It's a shame. Yes. And, and, and honestly, and right now, how many people you know say GD all the time? Don't, don't say, but you know, or they'll say, take the name of the Lord in vain. Here, here's a verse for you. Exodus 27 says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who, who misuses his name. Literally saying, you shall not misuse the name of Yahweh, your mm-hmm. God, for mm-hmm. Yahweh will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Mm-hmm. And the translation, mm-hmm. it deletes his name. Yeah. It puts Baal, the same as Baal, Lord. Yeah. But we know who he's talking about. Yes. And even Philippians 2. Yeah, you have to remember the heart of it too. But Philippians 2, 9 to 11 says this. You know, how many people do you know when, they, when they're mad, they use the name of our Lord and Savior? Right, our best friend, the one who gave us life and breath, who holds all things together. Right, like Colossians says, everything is being held together. They use his name as a word to express disgust, to express poop. That's what his name's used for. Listen, the Bible says it's the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, hey, let me tell you something. (laughs) Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That pretty much covers it, doesn't it? And every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me tell you, being an atheist or an agnostic is only temporary. Someday you're going to acknowledge him as Lord, but someday it might be a little bit too late. It goes on to say, these last verses here, it says, hallowed be your name. And the name of the Lord is so important too. Hallowed be your name. It means like your character. Like in, we don't do it much today, but in the Hebrew, uh, a name meant a lot. It, it showed the character of a person. Like when I, why I named Elijah or Hezekiah, the Lord is strength or the Lord is God, Elijah. You, you know, there's a lot in a name. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. And there's a difference between knowing it here in your mind and knowing it in your heart. I know Jesus, I know his name, and I'm going to put my trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. That's Psalm 910. And Psalm 86, 12, I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. His name is holy, his name is set apart. In the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. And that just means 
you're asking for, God, I want your kingdom. I want you to come down again. I want you to rule and reign again, just like in Revelation. But I also want you to rule in my heart. Your kingdom come, rule me, because I want to be rebellious. I don't want to follow your ways apart from you. I want to go in my own sinful way. But let your kingdom come and rule in my heart. Let your will be done. That's what we should be asking. <laughs> I love 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he'll hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we, will, we have what we ask of him. If we ask according to his will. And even Jesus prayed that in Matthew 26, 39. He said, Father, if this cup, he said, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I bet you the angels don't have to really struggle with obeying God. They see him all, they're like, oh, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Yet we do. Give us today our daily bread. Just really quickly, guys, I, I just... You know why he says give us today? Because we have to live in the now, right this minute. You know, most of us are crucified. I heard somebody say this a long time ago. But most of us are crucified between two thieves, just like Jesus. And, and we're kind of caught between the thieves of the past, like regret. And it's pulling us down. And... and, and or we, we're so anxious about the future and we're panicked about what's going to happen next, right? Give us today our daily bread. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. You'll freak out over it. And don't live in the past. The enemy will use that to hold you down. Today is the day that he's made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Serve him today with faithfulness. It, Proverbs 30, 7 to 9 or 8 to 9 says this. I love it. He's like, Lord, just give this to me before I die. He's like, I just want you to keep falsehood and lies far from me. But I don't want you to give me poverty nor riches, but only my daily bread. Otherwise, I might have too much and disown you and say, who's the Lord? I'm plenty. I don't need to pray. I want to pray for my daily bread for the year. That's what I want. But God's like, I want you to do it today. Pray daily. He says, or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of the Lord my God. Give me today my daily bread. And Jesus is the bread of life. That's what John 6, 35 said. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And then he closes with these verses. He says, forgive us our debts. Or as a parallel verse in Luke says, forgive us our sins as we have also forgiven our debtors. Luke chapter 11, verse 4. We have to have an attitude of forgiveness. He's forgiven us plenty. You know, we were dead in our sins. I mean, that's the way it was. Because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Colossians 2, 13 to 14 says, Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave how many of your sins? So don't live in the past. He canceled the record of debt against us and took it away and nailed it to the cross to tell a story. So I want you to also be forgiving. Remember how much I've forgiven you and then you go forgive others. 
Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And then he leaves this last verse. He says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Or when it says, uh, Lead us not into temptation, or, or let us not be led into temptation. You know, it's very easy for us to go astray. Let us not be led into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Look, we are in a spiritual battle. You guys probably already know this. And if you don't, I would just hope that you wake up. You can read more about that in Ephesians 6. But we're in a war. (laughs) The Bible says it's, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in heavenly places. Daniel prayed, Moses prayed. But Moses could never call God his father. David never was able to call God. He was a a friend of God. Wow. There's a man, man after his own heart, David. But he never could call God father. Yet, I want you to be my child. That's what he says. Ronnie, I love you so much. That's your God. And and our struggle is not against us. We need to be in prayer. I want you to pray daily. This is a perfect picture for me, as we'll close with this, of being a Christian without prayer. You're leaving some big gaps. Isn't it true? Listen, that's why the Bible says this. He says, I want you to pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. I want you to stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Ephesians 6, 18 and 19. May the Lord stir you up. May the Lord make, help us to understand that we have a good dad and he wants that relationship. And may we, may we not leave ourselves open and have these gaping holes because we're not in constant prayer. If you don't know it, you are in a desperate need for Jesus and that relationship with him. Cry out to your heavenly father and he'll help you. Thank you, Pastor Darren Schottabauer, Bradenton, Florida. Praise God. What an awesome sermon. Again, one that changed my life and my heart and my walk with the Lord, uh, as the Lord's done for me hundreds and thousands of times over the past almost 18 years. And praise God, He's done it again. I hope that this sermon touched your heart, and it's an answer to a prayer that you've been praying, asking God about things about prayer. And so I hope it did. Um, Anyway, we always... We're going to close just in prayer, and Darren did a great job. And let's just close out prayer and ask the Lord to to help us follow the words of of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 6. Lord, thank you for bringing us here. Lord, thank you for that awesome sermon. Thank you, Lord God, for the words of my brother Darren, Pastor Darren Shuttabauer, Lord God. And uh, we just pray, Lord God, that you would help us to be and live to that example, Lord, to, to strive to live to that example Lord God, that Darren taught about Jesus Christ's words, dear God in heaven. Please, help us to to be that prayer warrior. Help us to be those people that pray all the time. As your word says, pray without ceasing. Lord, even if it's just a mental prayer, you know, every, every few minutes, every couple minutes, every time we're, you know, walking along, we see a beautiful sunrise or we be a, see a beautiful tree or a beautiful, you know, bug or an animal. Lord, may we just go praise you, God. Thank you for... That wonderful thing. And Lord, may we always, Lord, be in communication with you. 
for Lord, just as the fella said, and Darren spoke about in the beginning of the message. I don't remember his name offhand. I don't didn't write it down. Um, but that fella that um, said that you're only safe up here on your knees. Father God, it's true, Lord, whether we're on our knees physically on the ground or, Lord, whether we're on our knees in our hearts, help us, Lord God, to always be on our knees before you in prayer, humbling ourselves before you. Help us, Lord, to be men and women and children, Lord God, of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and we praise you. And we ask these things in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen.